How are we going, mates? Welcome back to the Top Step. It's Ryan Roland-Smith. We have a Mariners Monday edition for you. We have got a lot to get to. Big series win over the weekend. They swept the Oakland A's. We had some on-field drama, some bench clearance. We had some umpires getting involved. Um, we got Bryce Miller. I'm going to break down that fastball, why it is so good, and why he can lean on that pitch so heavily. A couple of my top performers, what to look forward to when we're facing the Texas Rangers, who are going to be really tough. I've got all your questions over at social media to get to. So before we get into that, you know what to do. If you haven't already, go subscribe. It helps the show out. Tell your friends, tell your mates, tell your brothers, your sisters, whoever. Listen to us while you're working out, while you're driving to work, on the go. Watch us on YouTube. There's a couple um, advantages to, to watching on YouTube, especially with this Bryce Miller breakdown. So go subscribe over at YouTube, even if you're just going to go check out some cool videos, whatever you do. All right, guys, let's get right into this Mariners Monday edition of The Top Step. No matter what happens, Ryan Roland Smith has something to tell his grandkids right here. The breaking ball, he struck him out. Yeah, that will be a story for the rest of his life <laughs> as he strikes out Ken Griffey Jr. This is Grant Balfour being Grant Balfour. Yeah. He, he is, as you mentioned, Jim, he's amped up. He talks a lot. In fact, he has the demeanor of a guy that wants to fight you. You'll never say that I'm not killing them. Kill, kill, killing them. Killing them. Kill, kill, killing them. All right, we're winning some games. The Seattle Mariners. I love it. Oakland A's, they took care of business. Now, going into that series, I said this before they went in, if you took two or three, that's still a good thing. I know you look at the Oakland A's and you think, oh, they should just steamroll um, that team because they're so bad. And I get it. They are terrible. They, it's, it's such a bad situation. I spoke to that about Grant Balfour, who joins me uh, at the end of the week, if you haven't caught on uh, to this show just yet. We talked uh, in depth about the Oakland A's situation, but they took care of business and swept them. Now, I will say this, man. Watching that second game, and you and just getting shut out, and you're looking at the offense, and you're thinking to yourself, man, like just nothing doing. Then they come back and they win in extra innings. I think that really, and as bad as they are, I think that really set up what was to come after that. The Mariners' offense has to be built on plate discipline. I'm not getting stuck. I'm not getting caught in 2022. But a big reason why they had that run at the end of the year was because of all that plate discipline. Now, what I mean by that is this. It doesn't mean you have to take every every other pitch. They, they've been doing plenty of that. It's about understanding and, and I'm not going to say guess right, but having that approach where you kind of can predict what the pattern is going to be from a certain pitcher. That's number one. They ha just haven't been had a chance to do that uh, that much when you face young pitchers because because they've been facing some some really tough pitching stuffs but when you face younger pitchers guys who are when the heart rate gets up a little bit they fall into patterns they fall into those safety nets and those comfort zones that's what the mariners did so well at the end of last year that's what you're starting to see now man i cannot tell you how impressive it has been and I know there's been some crazy late-inning um, heroics, especially the eighth inning on Saturday night. We'll get to all that in a second. But when you're watching, and I've been there, man. I've been a young pitcher who has just been on the ropes. When you are getting to the middle of the lineup or, or you're, you're down the bottom of the lineup and you're like, man, I need to get these outs, you can see them. You start to see them rush. Watch the game um, when you're watching the, the, against the Texas Rangers, these upcoming games, or whatever major league game you watch. When all of a sudden you'll see a walk, you see that, that body language all of a sudden changes from a pitcher. 
and catch they they snatch the ball back to get back on the mound and then you can start to see an unravel this is where the mariners stepped on the throat last year we're starting to see that this year as well so the, even even yesterday, right? So I was in the booth with Aaron, and uh, we'll get to some of his karaoke picks in a second. Uh, but I was in the booth with Aaron on uh, on Sunday yesterday, and we're watching and that and Bilak. Now they scattered ten hits; they weren't able to come up with that big hit. But what you're noticing, and I think this is more important, you're starting to notice a situation where if he is not going to uh, command certain pitches, they just ain't going to swing at it. For example, that slider of Belak, he just didn't have that pitch. You could tell. So all of a sudden, the walks are coming, those 2-0 pitches are coming, and and they're able to, uh, to to capitalize on that. Did they get the big hit with runners in scoring position? No. Like I said, I think they scattered 10 hits against him, and they only were able to score uh, the two runs, big thanks to Julio Rodriguez, who, again, we'll get to that in just a minute. But this is what you need to see from the Mariners' offense. You have to see that kind of situation. Like I said, plate discipline does not mean six pitches and then ground out to second base. What that means is capitalizing when you can sense, when you can smell blood in the water, and you can sense that that pitcher, doesn't matter if it's a veteran or a young guy, um, all of a sudden they're on the ropes, you can smell that, and then you create that big inning. Those big innings are going to come, and we're starting to see that, which is great. Now, go back to that Oakland A's um, series. It's not a situation where you're just going to boat race them and put up a six spot in the third inning. It's not what it's about. It's about identifying that you can see a weakness and who you're facing and capitalizing. And that's what we're slowly starting to see. They're going to play a bunch of close games. Okay, They're not just going to be this offensive juggernaut like you're about to see here with the Texas Rangers when we get to some of those numbers that they're putting up. And yes, they do scare me. Some of the, num- some of the questions I'm going to get to at the end of the show uh, regarding the Texas Rangers... Um, yes, I've had a, couple, a lot of questions about Texas, and I'm going to s- summarize that in the in in that. So that's what I'm, I'm liking from the offense. It looks good. I'm starting. To, we're starting to see more of what we saw last year. Again, don't want to anchor this as a different team, but you're starting to see better plate discipline. And I love man seven, eight, nine. When you've got JP Crawford, who I'm so impressed with. I talked about it, I think a couple episodes ago on the defensive side how much better he is left and right because he's he's freed up. He's not injured so much, and, and he's able to move left and right. And he's confident. You can just see the confidence. Pick that ball up, doesn't even set his feet. Wham! And you, you can see it written all over his face. So he's down the bottom of the lineup. Um, you've also got um, you know Taylor Trammell, a couple big at bats again facing uh, Gage, the the lefty. Now one thing with Taylor Trammell, love the dude. He's been on the show, but when I talked about him last week, big fan of Taylor. One thing I love too, we saw this twice in two days. Three two count, laying off a pitch. Drew the walk, you remember, in, in that big comeback uh, where he scored the run. But even yesterday, too, he's facing a dude um, who, again, we don't know who, we don't know a whole lot about uh, Matt Gage. I get it. And he's like a you know, cool story. He, he's, he's in the big leagues, late 20s, I believe, or whatever it is, um, making his debut. But when you watch that sequence, I've been there before, and I wanted to do a, uh, in the booth yesterday, I wanted to do a, a pitch sequence. We just didn't have time to get to it. But you look at that and you're like, oh, yeah, but he wasn't throwing strikes. And it doesn't matter. There, there's situations when you're coming up, especially when you're not playing every single day, you start to press a little bit because you want to get that big hit because you, you want to hit. That's what you want to do since you were six years old. 
He comes up, he lays off some sliders, and he lays off that fastball two nights in a row. I'm telling you right now, that's going to buy you some serious playing time uh, if you play in left field, especially once there's, and since there's a couple more openings starting to come around um, in the outfield as well, especially when they start um, moving around the DH, etc. So that was massive. All right. Now, I want to get to these umpires. Now, this is this is the crew, if you remember. Now, Phil Cuzzy, who was behind the plate, um, yesterday, and and by the way, there was yesterday there was a balk call. Um, there was uh, Jose Caballero, who I'm really impressed with. By the way, uh, speaking of bottom of the lineup, uh, he the the time call. I'm going to get to that in a minute. But this umpiring crew, I don't know what it is, man. Uh, apparently, Marco too, and and not to, I'm not giving you away my sources here, but Marco was walking off the field and he's like, "Hey, man, um, you got to go wash your hands. That's too much rosin. That's too, that's too much whatever." He's like. Dude, are you serious? I'm like throwing 88 to 90 miles an hour. I'm throwing 97 with massive spin on the ball. Like, are you joking? This And remember, this is the same crew, Max Scherzer. They enforced that with him as well. So it's something about him. The Tom Murphy call. How do you call that? The guy's out by a mile. Now, I know it wasn't Phil Cuzzy behind the dish, but it's the same crew. Tom. Okay, so basically with Tom Murphy, if you're watching on Saturday night, He's cleared the lane, right? Now, at first he hadn't, but then he, his back foot, you can see it's, it, it's clear. Catches the ball. Ball takes him into the running lane. He applies the tag. The di- guy's out by a mile. Usually, if you're an umpiring crew and you're not, <laughs> and you're trying to avoid the drama, and this is the right call, you call the dude out. If the Houston Astros want a challenge, have at it. If they're going to say, oh, hey, he's in the lane. Even Dusty Baker's, the look on his face is like, really? <laughs> like he's really calling him in the lane there? It was just wild, man, to see. Uh, and then yesterday, um, when you saw um, the, uh, what's his name? Uh, Bilak tried to, to basically quick pitch. It's a kind of some of these little antics you see. Uh, Caballero, basically the rule works like this. When the hitter steps in, he has to acknowledge the pitcher, make that eye contact. And it's kind of the umpire's discretion as to, you know, if they're wearing sunglasses or something, you can't see past the shades. I get it. But they have to acknowledge the fact that they're both engaged with each other. Then you can deliver the pitch. Caballero had his feet down. He glanced up and the, he was already throwing the, he was already ready in his windup and he's like calling Tom, hey, hold on a second. And then uh, Phil Cuzzy, you could see Scott Service, he was frustrated the fact that he nearly let him throw the pitch and then he's blowing up and then and then Martin Maldonado, who you can tell is clearly frustrated by his pitcher because you could see it written all over his face, his body language. I, I love watching catches. If you get a chance as well, guys, watch catches. You don't see it from Cal Raleigh so much, but a guy like Martin Maldonado, um, maybe Jonah Heim, you may see it tonight with the Texas Rangers. But watch their body language when they're dealing with a pitcher who's not throwing strikes. You, you just see it, man. I mean, you see it in Little League. If you're watching your kids play in Little League or you know, or softball even, whatever, you see it. But even you see it in the Major League level, and sometimes I just have to close my mouth, but you can, it's written all over the face. So you could see that he was kind of frustrated because I always pay attention to little things like that, You know, being an ex-pitcher, because I had some dudes who would love to blow me up as well who just give me that bad body language. Um <laughs> and just like, bro, I'm trying to throw strikes. Um, and then all of a sudden, you could see it boil over when him and Caballero got into it because he was just like, he wasn't putting up with any of that. Because Caballero was was basically accusing Maldonado and uh, Bilak to um, essentially yeah, quick pitching, right? And, and anyway, so Phil Cuzzy was in the thick of it, man. And you're going to see, I guarantee you. Is, and here's a question. Is he the new Angel Hernandez? Is, is that the new dude? When you start implementing the pitch clock and you start implementing 
uh, the sticky stuff rules and, and how much rosin you're allowed to have and go wash your hands. He's like the the hand sanitizer Nazi, I think. He's the dude who who's sending everyone down to go wash their hands. My, I, like I said, man, Marco Gonzalez was asked to go wash his hands. Insane, the Tom Murphy thing, wild. And then, uh, and by the way, the ball call, that was legitimate. I get it. Now, back in the day, you could basically do that because you could step, step, step. As long as you come set, you could go. New rule, you can't. With and we see this with Luis Castillo. You remember you used to do that little leg kick? I don't know if you even remember. It feels like so long ago. But if you go watch, and I love watching this by the way, the playoffs when he pitched against the Toronto Blue Jays, and you watch him in between pitches, he does this little like leg lift. It's super cool, super alpha. I love it. Such a good move. And then he delivers the pitch. Well, he can't do that anymore. So he can't be kicking around your feet. Like for example, like Mariano Rivera would not be allowed to do his little toe tap anymore. He'd have to get the pitch, come up, boom, keep it clean, and then throw the throw the ball. It kind of sucks, I guess, because kind of takes away from you know some of the or the baby rocking thing or whatever. Um, so yeah. Anyway, so that was I. I did want to touch on. I had someone reach out to me on um, on social media. Uh, I shouldn't say someone. This is uh, someone who I interact with all the time. Where is it? Um, was it John Abrams? Let me take a look here. I'm just looking through some of these questions. Um, uh, oh yeah, here we go. Yeah, John Abrams. Abrams underscore John. Uh, he says Mariners Monday tomorrow. How much it will consist of Phil Cu- Phil Cuzzy chatter? I don't know. Did you not want me to talk about Phil Cuzzy? You're sick of me talking about him. I don't know. Maybe I need to shut up on the old Phil Cuzzy chatter. That is for sure. Okay. All right. Let's get to the big story here. This is something I really want to talk about. I got a chance yesterday while I was in the booth um, talking to. Uh, and by the way, thank you for everyone's nice comments about me doing color again. Uh, any chance I get, Mike Blowers, He's still under the weather. Um, he's going to be back soon. He's a trooper, man. He came in on Friday night, did the game, and he's still feeling it. Um, but he's going to be back soon. I know a lot of you miss Mike Blowers. I get it. Um, but if, until then, you've got myself, uh, Dan Wilson filling in, uh, Angie Mentink as well. So, um, but re- regardless, um, all right, let's talk about let's talk about the big story, Bryce Miller. Man, how impressive is this kid? I'm going to explain. Uh, why he is so good. Now, you can sit there and say, well, his fastball just blows everyone away. Well, what makes his fastball different? That's, this is what I want to get into with Bryce Miller. So, you, and and before we get into that, I love this, this pattern we're seeing. Now, I'll be honest with you. I was a little bit, uh, what's the word? Um, I don't know, what, the, what what is the word when, man, I'm, I'm drawing a blank here. Him... Put it this way, him coming up early. I thought he was coming up way too early. I was a little skeptical of that. Yeah, I guess skeptical is the word. But the Mariners called him up early. I thought to myself, they're struggling a little bit. Uh, on the pitching side, they're starting to feel the depth a little bit. Um, they didn't go out and do anything in the offseason. And I even said this on the radio a couple times. Um, you know, I don't usually I say a lot more over this podcast than I do on the radio, but I, I was a little. Uh, taken aback by the fact he was coming up this early. You look at his numbers in AA, he's got like a six. I'm like, is this dude ready? Is this going to be a bad deal, like him coming up? And he's facing the Oakland days, but everyone's like, well, he get, he's facing the Oakland days, so whatever. But it's, this is not a dude who comes up and you send right back down after one start. We all know that. The other thing is too, you have to ride this out. If this is a kid who's scuffling, just like we saw with Jared Kelnick in years past, you're going to have to ride it out. But So I, I will say this. You see Logan Gilbert come up, George Kirby come up, Bryce Miller come up, okay? Logan Gilbert, going back to that, him coming up. Now, um, I haven't got it in front of me. I can't remember the date, but he came up, a lot of anticipation. 
Um, and you know, everyone was excited, etc. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he came up with um with Jared Kilnick. What am I saying? That's right. He came up with Jared Kilnick. Um, and everyone was excited. He was good out the gates. Um, and yeah, here we go. Whoop de doo, big pitching prospect. Then you have George Kirby last year. Man, just was so dominant right out of the gates, and he's continuing that. Now you have Bryce Miller. Now, how good is this, Mariners fans? Hopefully, this gets you giddy when you're watching boom, boom, boom. Pitching prospect, pitching prospect. Look at this rotation. A bunch of young 20s or mid-20s just dealing, right? Now, let's talk about the fastball, in just the fastball in general from the three of these guys. Now, the, what makes Logan Gilbert's fastball really good? Okay, it's the extension. Obviously, it's got the velo. Now, velo, they all throw mid-90s to upper 90s. I get it. The velo aspect is, is yeah, that's a given, right? For Logan Gilbert, it's his extension. He has got elite extension. So what he is able to do is get that. He's seven and a half feet past the rubber. That's like in the top 1%, okay? Basically, you know, it's like that, that big kid pitching off a little league distance and he's right on top of you. That's what it feels like. If you played Little League, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The dude's right on top of you, that ball. It just cuts down the reaction time. Simple as that. It's like if you had, you know, um, Usain Bolt was run. You, let's say you had two dudes who could run as fast as Usain Bolt over 100 meters. And um, dude A had a um, two-meter jump, like basically a two-meter head start. And this dude had, well, guess what? Who's going to win every time, right? It's uh, as dumb as that sounds, but when you shrink that to when you're throwing at that velocity over 60 feet, then all of a sudden it becomes so much tougher to react. It just does. Um, you hear about you know guys like um, like obviously Randy Johnson was right on top of hitters, but then on the flip side, there's guys with no extension. Here's an example for you. There was a pitcher back in the day, Joel Zamaya. This is like mid 2000s, 2010s. Um, he threw 100 through gas. He had no extension. Right, he was with the Detroit Tigers. If you remember him, he had a bunch of arm injuries. He had like the and this is pre-track man, so he was really hard to measure extension. But this is just bird's eye camera, and he had no extension. He was hittable. You ask anyone who comes back to the dugout, they're like, "Yeah, he's throwing. It's fast. He's throwing a hundred, but it's from a further distance. So I can just see it for longer. It's like if it, it, this sounds extreme. It's like if a dude was throwing a hundred from second base, he's throwing gas, and you can just see that ball ride through the air. Man, I can see it though. Right, so. And for Logan Gilbert, the extension, man, that is going to be a foundation for him where he can get away with pitches middle up in the strike zone uh, based on that extension. George Kirby, okay, the command is ridiculous. He's on the black all the time. The The run he has on that two-seamer is insane. What I love about George Kirby, now we're just talking about fastballs here, how he pitches away when you he, when he can get that ball that, that runs back over the plate, and then when he pitches into righties. That it's it's so filthy when he's commanding. He said this after his last start. He goes, "Yeah, hey, yeah, pitching inside." He always brings up the fact pitching inside. I remember watching him pitch inside part of the plate. I remember watching him make that first outing, and he was just zap inside, inside, inside. It's rare too. It's crazy. Pitchers don't pitch inside like they used to back in the day. That's not a priority now. It's all about you know pitching north and south. Now Bryce Miller. Let's talk about that fastball and what makes it so elite. It is, yes, it has um, a 25-60 average spin rate. I'm going to explain to those who don't understand what I mean, why that's a good thing. But it's the vertical movement or lack of. That's what gets his pitch just 
That's what makes his pitch so difficult to hit. Did you notice yesterday how many pitches were middle of the plate and just getting swings and misses? And then all of a sudden you see hitters start to try and cheat a little bit and they just get weak contact. It's the weak uh, foul balls. And he only had, what, six punch outs yesterday. But it was just weak fly ball, weak fly ball, weak fly ball. There was a couple balls hit to the track. I get it. But for the most part, there was just nothing doing. The barrel was underneath the baseball all the time. Now, here's why. A couple of reasons. Okay, the spin rate is insane. He's up at top 5%, I, I'm guessing, haven't looked just yet, uh, on the spin rate. So spin rate 2560. The average major league spin rate is around 25, 25, 2250, excuse me, 2250, um, 2260, something like that. It's actually gone up just a, 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 touch, a touch. But when you look at, um, when you look at Bryce Miller, it's the vertical movement. So when you look at vertical movement, don't think about it more inches the better. It doesn't rise off the axis, right? So it's not like, oh, vertical movement means it goes up. You actually want it closer to zero. So for, for Bryce Miller, so the ball, as you know, when the ball flies through the air, gravity always takes effect at some point, right? So when you even when you throw 95 or you throw 85, gravity is going to play, play a role in this. So when a hitter has watched the baseball since they were 10 years old, they see the trajectory of the ball. And this is why spin rate is so important. I'm getting to that and vertical movement here in a second. So when a hitter is watching, they're watching track, track, track. They're tracking the ball into the catcher's glove or they're swinging. It has that trajectory, the natural trajectory. When it's the average of a 90 mile per hour has a certain trajectory. When you get 95, certain. And you got to remember, these guys watch thousands of baseballs over and over and over and over and over. When you have above, when all of a sudden you can spin that ball faster, it defies gravity longer. Therefore, it stays off that that average trajectory. So it stays above it, okay? So that's why guys who have a higher spin rate, the Magnus effect, it's spinning against gravity. It can stay off the axis for longer and stays above what the hitter's eye perceives as being quote-unquote straight. And that's why you say, hey, the ball has that rise to it, has that carry to it, Okay. Back before TrackMan, dudes had balls that had that rising effect. Even though it's an optical illusion, it's not rising. It just seems like that because the spin is higher. Um, the spin's higher and it's, it's beating gravity, okay? Now, on the flip side, and we'll get to Bryce Miller specifically in a second. On the flip side, if you have a lower spinning baseball, like Felix Hernandez, right? Or some of these guys who throw like these two seamers, like guys, anyone who throws a ton of sink, right? Like, you know, like Tyler Rogers, Adam Simba, the guys who throw submarine, for example, or the dudes who throw, you know, low three quarter, or even, um, you know, even Luis Castillo. When you have a, a, a less of a spinning ball, so a two seam fastball, gravity takes that ball faster and it makes it move more. It makes it drop more. Therefore, that's why you get more ground balls. You get more contact, honestly, um, but you get more ground balls. It gets below the barrel. But let's just stay on the four-seam fastball for a second. So you want that four-seam uh, four just to have that big spin. That's why that spider attack or whatever creates a friction, makes it spin faster because it defies gravity longer. So when you're looking at vertical movement, it has to be closer to zero is better. For example, the best vertical movement number in Major League Baseball is a gentleman named Felix Bautista. He pitches for the Orioles. He has 8.1 inches of vertical movement. Therefore, it only breaks away from that from the um, from the zero from where you release the hand 8.1 inches. Bryce Miller has 9.8 9.8 inches. Now, here's the difference. Felix Bautista throws harder, okay? Bryce Miller throws 95-96. So when you're tracking a ball and you can actually, and this sounds crazy because it's like nanoseconds, 
But from a hitter's point of view, when you are tracking a 95 compared or a 96 compared to a hundred, when you track a hundred, yes, the the degree of um, you know reaction time changes. But when you throw a 96, but then you have that higher spin, it's so much harder to hit because you're like, I'm on this, I'm on this, I see it, and it stays above your barrel. That's why it just gets above barrels all day long. That's why Bryce Miller can throw a 96 mile per hour fastball middle and get that swing and miss. Now, it's not always going to stay that way. I get it. Guys are going to start to try and catch up to that fastball, cheat, cheat, cheat. That's where his secondary pitches will eventually and ultimately come in, which are good too, by the way. His slider is good and his changeup, barely even seen it yet. But man, if he can command from, you know, basically just above the hands and up, he is going to get all kinds of swings and misses. It is crazy. So a couple, a couple more numbers to think about. Now, remember... When you look at, if you go on baseballsavant.com, if you want to learn about all this stuff, go on Baseball Savant and just look at numbers. It's fun. You can, and, and that's, everyone has access to this now. So anyone who tries to sound smart when they're talking about this, it's because they're on Baseball Savant. So Bryce Miller or, or fan graphs or whatever. But Bryce Miller, uh, by the way, MLB just gives you all this info. It's great. So Bryce Miller's 9.8 vertical inches of movement. He has the best verse average at 4.3 um, less than average. Why is he better than average than, say, uh, a Bautista Orioles? Because he throws 95, 96. And that's my point. That's what I'm saying. So if you put it this way, extreme example, if you threw 92 and you had a 2600 RPM and you had the, the that um, only the 9.8 inches of drop, that'd be honestly, that'd be even harder to hit because you're like, what the hell? This is invisible. I think, but you would essentially need like a pitching machine or some robot to be able to do that. But I'm just saying. Obviously, when you throw harder, that correlates with higher spin, um, and that's why that's what I'm saying. His fastball is so good. So yesterday, I'm I'm doing the game, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, for sure, this guy's going to go straight um, because of the Houston Astros. Yeah, he's going to throw that fastball, but man, he's going to rely heavily on that slider and what have you, um, and that change up to Alvarez and Kyle Tucker. But he didn't. He just stayed with the fastball. And this is why I was so excited yesterday watching him pitch. I even said this key to a game right before the game. I said, oh, you know, hey, he's going to have to lean a little heavier on that off-speed stuff. Why? What, that's that's what jokers like me say. When you've got a guy like Bryce Miller, he – seriously, you've got to remember something. This is his favorite team as a kid. He grew up in Texas, the Houston Astros. And then the years prior, he even said this in the post-game. He's watching these guys in the playoffs. He's watching Bregman play in the World Series when he's at Texas A&M. There he is 60 feet away from him. As a pitcher, I'm telling you right now, when you face dudes who you watched as a kid or watched as a teenager or coming up through the minor leagues, when you see that name on your back, you're like, oh my God. Um, okay, I have to be do something special here because these are the best hitters on the planet. These are the guys I've watched highlight uh, clips of all the time. I remember facing Frank Thomas, the big hurt. I'm like, oh man. And then I threw a fastball into Frank Thomas. He jumped out of the way. I was like, are you kidding me, dude? That was like 91 miles an hour uh, in, middle in. And you jumped out of the way. I was like, oh, okay. So Bryce Miller yesterday, this is what I love, man. All these jokers like myself saying, oh, hey, you, you can't just lean on that fastball so much. He's like, really? Watch this. He goes out, he gets that one swing and miss, that one bit of soft contact early in the game. And you can just see it written all over his face. He's like, oh, this is easy in a good way, right? He's, he's basically saying, I'm just going to pump these fastballs by you. And that's where that conviction and that aggressiveness comes in. If he can keep that up, this is a great sign for this rotation. I just mentioned some of these names. Gilbert, Kirby, Miller. You're talking mid-20s, early-20s, and if you're driving along listening to this, you should, and you're a Mariners fan, obviously, 
you should be really happy about this. This is this is good stuff. Um, Andy McKay was telling me he just has this quiet confidence about him, and the biggest thing that impresses him throughout about Bryce Miller about his development. This guy can get crushed, can get beat up, and he's get, been beat up before. Given up a bunch of runs, he doesn't flinch. He's like, yeah, I'm good. Gives up a home run, I'm good. So we're going to see that. Look, he's going to have some adversity. He's not just going to dominate all the time. I get it. But he's going to have some adversity and just watch his face. Watch the reaction on his face. Watch if he gets um, if he gets rattled. I don't see it happening. Because there's a couple times he's on the ropes. And he just has that same stone face look on him, just like George Kirby. Logan Gilbert's a little bit different, but man, what 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 a what a trio you have here uh, in Seattle! It's friggin' awesome. Okay, we have got to get to where are we at right now. We're, I've been banging on for way too long on this podcast, so let's get to some questions actually, because this is going to lead me into uh, what to expect. And again, if you want to if you want to ask a question, I'll get to it. Um, I'll get to as many as I can. I wanted to make sure I had enough time to get to enough questions. Um, but yeah, you can just go to at hyphen 18 or you can go to at top step podcast on Twitter. On, on, uh, we're on Instagram too. So please do us a favor. Go follow at top step podcast. We're going to put all kinds of content on there uh, on Instagram, on, on Twitter. And go subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm trying to build that up too. The more YouTube action we have, the better. I can do more visuals. You can flick over there and watch a short or something. I'll put some some cool graphics and stuff up as this show starts to build, especially the Mariner Mondays. All right, let's get to some of the questions. Uh, this is all through Twitter. Let me take. Let me get to the start here. Uh, that's not a question. That's just a comment. One sec. Let me have a look. Okay. Um, let me take a look. Okay, so real quick. All right. Let, let me address the uh, karaoke situation yesterday. So if you were watching the game, it was, it was Goldsmith and myself in the booth, and I brought up, they had the promo for the karaoke, sing-along karaoke night. And then Goldsmith made some comments said, oh, I know, you know, hyphens all over this, which I am. I do like them. Anytime the kids are there, we're sitting up there singing. Well, the kids are trying to sing along with me, but they're struggling because I've got such a good voice. But I put to him, I said, and now he said he wasn't a karaoke guy. I've got to admit too, I'm not a karaoke guy. Now, I couldn't say this on air, but he said, oh, you know, have you ever done karaoke? I think he said something like that. Now, I, I said, I, I think I've done it twice. Now, when I said that, there, yeah, there was some there was some booze involved. I'm not going to lie. It was in, I was in Taiwan or Japan um, where they love their karaoke. And it takes me, mate, you have to put some, I have to put some beers to sleep before I get on and do karaoke. I don't know what it is, man. I just have this, I can talk publicly. I can jump on here, do a podcast. I can, I can do some TV, radio. I can talk in front of kids at the next gen baseball camps. Um, but I just, I, what it is, I don't know what it is, man. I, I just, so I've ha- had a few drinks. I think we were done with the World Baseball Classic or something. I was like, yeah, no, let's do it. Um, and so up I went, I can't remember what song. I think it was, Shook me all night long, Akadaka, ACDC, or something like that. But I put it to Goldsmith, and shockingly, he said, no chance. Even in the break, too. He was like, I just can't do it, man. I can't bring myself to do it. And I, it was shocking, because he's a guy, you know, obviously, he's a play-by-play dude. He obviously has that presence. He can public speak. He, you know, he, he does interviews. He does, um, you know, the, the Wheelhouse podcast with Jerry Depoto. But... The old karaoke is out of his comfort zone. Now, I did, I don't know what I was thinking too. I said something like, oh, yeah, we, so, so I brought up doing a duet, him and I, and I said doing Grease. Now, I, I can't remember the, the song, the song I was trying to think of. And again, you got to be quick, man. When you're, when you're in the booth and there's stuff going on in front of you, you can't just sit there and crap on about 
um, doing duets and, and what have you. But um, yeah, it's, uh, hey, uh, we're going to need that Goldie hyphen karaoke duet. Yeah, not happening. Um, <laughs> but uh, the, what's the song at the end of Greece, man? I'm trying to think. I need to look it up. Um, it's not the one at the beginning. Um, I, you know, I'm not even going to try and sing it. I don't even know what I'm, why I'm going down this road because if you listen to this, you're going to expect me to start singing karaoke. I just I can't do it. I just can't do it. All right. Okay. All right. Let's get to some of these questions. Um, okay. What stood out most of this series considering the slumps a lot of the fellas were in? This is from C-Dub Sports at C-Dub Sports. What's up, C-Dub? All right. So what stood out the most? I talked about this earlier. Um, some of the play discipline, right? So... Um, when you look at the middle of the lineup, the, the problem the Mariners had, and really good question, by the way, um, you had Cal Raleigh, Tiosca Hernandez, and, and Gino Suarez all doing not so good things with the swing and miss rate, okay? Uh, Gino Suarez was really susceptible. Again, go on baseball savant, you can see all this. The, the fastball above the strike zone. Um, he was swinging and missing way more than what he did last year. So that heater above the zone, he was chasing it and missing it. He started to see him lay off. That walk he had on uh, Saturday night was massive. To, to there's two outs. Um, watching that, so the thing the plate discipline in the in the meat of that lineup, the strikeout rate has dropped a little bit in the month of May, and the walk rate has gone up. That's good. But the two fellas at the top of the lineup that I'm going to key in on. Julio, Ty France. Ty France looks so much better, man. He just, it's not like he's made some drastic change. That bat to ball is just shining through. He is the best bat to ball skill, one of the best in the game. He really does. Kind of like Bregman has as well, even though Bregman's struggling. But that is shining through. When he can just lay off that one pitch that he can get to outside the strike zone and gets something close to the strike zone, he just has to stay in that place where he's like, you know what? I'm talented enough where I can drive this ball. I can drive it into right field. It doesn't have to be a bomb, but I can drive this ball. So that's that's Ty France. Now, Julio, I talked about this last time on the podcast, was getting pitched in a ton, had the back issue. Did you notice the at-bat? This is what stands out to me, C-Dub, watching Julio. Julio's about to get going. You watch, man. Yeah. But at the end of the month of May, you're going to be like, oh, man, look at these numbers. I'm telling you right now. And the smile is still coming out. He's swinging and missing the pitch. He's jumping all over the place. Then you see that smile. He's okay. He's all right. He said yes. He said he can't cry, but he's got to keep going. Um, Bilak tried to pitch him in twice. Uh, and I, I sort of called this as it was happening. Tried to pitch him in and missed. He did him a favor, honestly. If he had pitched, been on the inner half of the plate, Julio swinging at those pitches. Still, he's still not adjusting to that pitch. But he's pitched him in enough where he kind of like jackknifed him, where he jumped out of the way. And then he's, I think it was 2021, hanging slider, see ya. Now, like I said, he did him a favor by the fact that he he wasn't able to command those pitches. But just the fact that Julio's eyes lit up on a hanging slider and just said, thank you, whack, longest home run of his career, tells you everything you need to know. Remember last year when Ty France was struggling? He had the, uh, I think it was the elbow, and he just wasn't hitting it um, right after the All-Star break, I think it was. He would get a mistake and he wouldn't, he would either freeze, kind of like Evan White used to freeze, remember that, uh, a couple of years ago? Or he would just like jump out of his shoes, kind of like Jared Kelnick. In years past, you'd jump out and try and get to that pitch early. With Julio, he just has this thing about him. It's like, you know what? If you're going to get 2-0 on me, son, you better, you better black up this frigging slider on me. And he didn't, and he just crushed it. So I'm just telling you, I think Julio by the end of the month of May is going to be on to something for sure. Okay, all right. Uh, good question. All right, here we go. 
Let's have a look at this. Um, uh, sure. What's up, uh, Julio Rodriguez? Who's this? Uh, fan club always shows love. Oh, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Um, okay, sorry, I'm getting sidetracked here. Uh, Marmite or Vegemite? Uh, and for God's sakes, why? That is from Johnny D, Japan Johnny. All right, listen, Marmite. Now, there's a little bit of history here between Marmite and Vegemite. Uh, if you care to, and maybe something I can bring up with um, Grant Balfour. But Vegemite, dude, I ate Vegemite my whole life. Listen, I don't know what you Americans, I say this all the time. Marmite, ugh. I think Marmite kind of turned into like a, not a knockoff, because Marmite was always a big deal. Back, I'm talking back in like the 40s, 50s, if you look at the old commercials. But <clears throat> the Vegemite thing, what you Americans fail to realize, you cannot smear that stuff on. It's not peanut butter. You guys, when I got to the States, I'd, I'd, I'd put peanut butter on like I was putting Vegemite on, on, on the toast. And everyone's like, God, dude, like it's just scraping it on. Vegemite, you just have to put a little bit on. You don't like lather it on like it's a big chunk of peanut butter. I'm telling you right now. You ha that's straight away instant. I hate this stuff. Australians are weird. Um, blah blah blah. I'm telling you, Vegemite is good stuff. Just put a little bit on. A great snack is a cracker, right? And and Johnny and Japan Johnny, you can get this one. Get your cracker, Vegemite, and some cheese. Cut the cheese up. What a snack, mate. What an absolute bomb of a snack. I might have to go do that for my morning snack right now as I'm recording this. Okay. Um, the, this is from Ryan Turner, turns 44. The M's are 34 games into the season and have battled, uh, battled to get back even with wins and loss column. Yeah, they just went to 500 yesterday. They've taken on all the slinging arrows after the slow start, even though it's back to 500. Um, can that be a relief or a vibe of the team that frees them up? Awesome work, RS. Thank you, Ryan, that turns 44. Um, I think, uh, look, first of all, baseball's 162 games. It's crazy. And I know you see, uh, I'm not throwing a cliche. I'm just saying, um, I'm not going to lean on, oh, it's 162 games, it's ebbs and flood. No, no, no. Um, I think it, it all varies, right? So like if you're hanging around 500, but you're just kind of like doing it in ways where like things aren't clicking, um, you kind of like, huh. then you start to see a bit of a slide because team chemistry and clubhouse attitude, stuff like that, I think is a little bit different. I think what's big now, Colton Wong just hit the IL before he went on the IL, he started to hit when you have these new members who are veterans, he's a veteran and he's had some success on another team. When they come in, they're struggling, right? Jesse Winker, classic example. Cause this is right. Right. Uh, turns 44, Ryan Turner. This is a good one. Um, so how do I put this? The team was you know, back and forth last year, right? The, the, you have the young players who all know each other. Then you know how you have like a group of mates. Like for example, you've got like a Bucks party or a bachelor party and you've got like your group of like six or seven dudes. You all know each other. And then that, then you, you, the dude who's getting married's um, uh, wife-to-be's cousin comes into the mix. And you're like, oh, hey, 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 John, how you doing, man? Oh, hey, Ryan, what's up, man? What's going on? You meet this guy and he just changes the dynamic of the group. You ever notice that? Any of you guys been to a bachelor party or like whatever? You're just like, man. Now, either this guy is just an absolute warrior out like when your guys are out and he's just fit and right and you're like, man, this guy's a stud. Or he just, he's just sense of humor is different. He's not catching on to the inside jokes. He's not catching on to the high school humor you guys are into. He's not part of the group text messages that go out every day with the stupid memes and stuff that, you know, you can never put out there, whatever. And he just changes the whole dynamic of the group. And then he makes some comment because he's really trying hard. And he's just like, uh, <laughs> yeah, good one. Or everything's just a, just a bummer for him. Like 
you go, you go to some restaurant, yeah, everyone's having a blast. You know what? The food may not be great, or the you know the waitress might just be bugging you, or what, or or because they're not bringing um, beers quick enough, or whatever it may be, right? And then this dude has to complain. You're just like, oh, dude, you're just bumming us out. That's what happens, man. When you're on a team, you have that core group of dudes on a team, and then all of a sudden, a new guy comes in uh, to the mix, and they have a, just a different outlook, way, of, not their fault, whatever. Sometimes it is. Uh, trust me, I've been on those teams. Uh, it's, it can be a bummer. I think Colton Wong, don't know the guy. He seems pretty good, but he, he just wasn't having a good time. It's a, He's a good dude. Don't know him wrong. Wasn't having a good time. Now he's starting to hit. You see that that emotion. Now he's he, now all of a sudden he's born into the, the 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 group of buddies from high school. Now he's starting to catch on to your humor. Some of the inside jokes he's starting to giggle at. You know, some stupid, you know, uh, nickname you had for some dude. He's starting to laugh at. Now all of a sudden, all right, that's a good vibe. So back to Ryan Turner to answer your question. I think at this point. When you look at some of the different little nuances of what happens inside the clubhouse, I think they're in a good spot right now. I think that they got back to to um, to uh, 500. They beat the Astros yesterday on a big win, um, and it's a good vibe. They're going to the Texas Rangers. I think they're in a good spot, but it's it's a really really good question. It's been tough, been some injuries, but I think I think they're good to go. Plus, you got to do like Bryce Miller coming up. You know, the veterans seem to like him a lot, uh, etc. Okay. Um, how important do you think it is for Bryce to add another pitch? This is from Dana. Um, Dana Caesar, C-Z-E-R. Sorry, Dana, if I screwed that up. Uh, how important do you think it is for Bryce to add another pitch? If he needs one, can he develop it before coming before coming vulnerable? Great question. Um, now, I just, I just banged on about Bryce Miller and the fastball. Listen, that's a great question. I think the pitch that he's still trying to develop and figure out, it's obvious because he's not confident throwing, is the changeup, especially the lefties. I think that's going to be that's, – that's, I'm glad you brought that up. That changeup, I, I kept saying it during the broadcast yesterday with Aaron. I said, oh, I, I kind of still want to see this changeup, especially Alvarez Tucker. He's going to face some big lefties. That changeup can be a weapon. He threw some good ones in spring training. I think it can be a massive weapon for him. Um, so I think that's the pitch, man. It's kind of like – um, Logan Gilbert with his splitter, right? So he's slowly working that in. One, because of injury recovery and prevention to see how he feels afterwards when he has more of a workload. But more so, it takes time. doesn't matter if it's a Bugs Bunny changeup. It takes time to get comfortable in big, big spots. I think when he throws that one changeup to a big lefty and gets that not just weak contact, but a big swing and miss. He's like, oh, here we go. You build off that. So I think the changeup's going to be big. The slider's good. He just, if he doesn't need it, he does, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, so I, I think that's, you know, um, I, it's a really good question. I think the changeup, though, that's going to be that that work in prog- progress. And then the step after that, I still haven't seen Logan Gilbert do this. Hopefully the split's going to make him do that. The step after that is throwing it to both righties and lefties. You've got to be comfortable throwing to both righties and lefties. Okay. Um, oh, Cooks and Sons, big shout out. Um, uh, my boys played, oh, this is the question. My boys played in a tournament at the Meadowdale Player Fields this weekend, along with tons of other baseball families. Walk by, by a couple next gen camp signs. That's right. So I've got my next gen baseball camp. So that's my business. That's where I do my baseball camps with kids. Cooks and Sons, thanks for bringing that up, mate. Um, you see the shirt, nextgenbaseball.com. You see the little Southern Cross. Um, so NextGen, that's my company. I bring kids over from Australia. I've got 11 kids coming to Driveline for a week and then going to a showcase. But I do a bunch of camps. If you go to nxtgenbaseball.com slash camp, check out the camps. Bring your kids to the camps. Bring your little leaguers. Come hang out with me, 6 to 12. 
I'm, I'm out there every day with them. It's not something where I show up and go, oh, hey, what's going on, and then leave. No, no, I'm there from from the start to finish, hanging out with the kids. We have a blast. Bellevue, Edmond, Seattle. Um, we're down with the Tacoma Rainiers too, down at Tacoma at Cheney Stadium uh, with some of the Rainier players. Get down there and the Everett Aquasox as well with some of the Aquasox players. So if you've got your little leaguers or your little cousin or whatever, tell them about the camp. Go to nxtgenbaseball.com. You'll see it. Uh, you go to click on the camps. And for the girls, if you've got a little girl, a little softballer, we've got Daniel Laurie's doing a camp in Bellevue with us side-by-side to the baseball camp. It's going to be a blast. Make sure you get that big plug for that. All right. One more because I'm running out of time here. Uh, Seattle Sports at Mariners Love. What's up? Are the Rangers the team to beat instead of the Astros? Great question, dude. Oh, man. The Rangers scare me. Someone else asked me about the Rangers uh, earlier on too, saying, hey, the Rangers scare me. But uh, I'll be honest with you, man. Uh, yes, they do. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Um, this is a team, man, that I'm... Um, they, they do worry me. I'm going to rattle off some numbers here for you, which which kind of scare me a little bit. Um, they are an offensive jug. And now, everyone talks about, oh, can they stay healthy, etc. cetera. Um, yeah, I think they can stay healthy. I think pitching-wise, I think they can stay healthy. Andrew Heaney, the, the cat who's pitching tonight, remember him with the Angels? He's on the fence with me. I think the Mariners can handle him. Left-handed pitcher, I think they can totally handle him. But John Gray, sorry, sorry, my bad. Heaney's pitching tomorrow. What am I saying? John Gray's pitching tonight. Andrew Heaney's pitching tomorrow. Um, but their pitching is going to be, it's going to be a little bit up and down. Bullpen, I don't quite see it. But offensively, man, they, oh God, they have some weapons. Remember Simeon got off to such a slow start? So the Rangers have led the big leagues in 6.7 runs per game this season. Only the Rays, with 348, have a higher on-base percentage than the Rangers. Right, so... Um, the Mariners are 306 on base. That's going to go up, as what we talked about earlier. Uh, the Rangers are hitting 338 with runners in scoring position. Um, and this season, our 23rd last year. Uh, where was Adolis Garcia? He's an absolute weapon. Um, you've got uh, Duran, who's reached base safely in the, uh, 17 games. I'm just reading off some numbers here, some guys you may not know. Uh, 24-year-old corner outfielder uh, Leo Di Tavares has hit 10 hits in the last 16 at-bats uh, with five home runs. So they are red hot right now, the, the, old, uh, Texas, the old Texas Rangers. Um, I don't know how bad Jacob deGrom's injury is, but they've got some dudes, man, some guys who have pitched in big games um, in that rotation. If, if they stay healthy, they will be good. Offensively, they're going to give you some serious, serious runs um, if you're a Rangers fan. So... I still think the Astros, hmm, it's a good question. Are they the Rangers team? To, hey, the Angels too. Let's not forget. Come on, let's go. Like, the Angels as well. But I think the Astros, what we saw yesterday, they come back to Seattle in September. They're going to be just like last year. Uh, so, in other words, they're going to be way better than what we saw last year. They're just not scoring runs. It's weird to see. Bregman struggling, mate. Like, he's hitting like sub 100 on anything besides a fastball. It's crazy. Um but yeah, offensively, they're just not the same. I mean, even Jordan Alvarez, who was so good, um, when you get ahead in the count with him, he just doesn't look the same. Dude, they will be different in September. Mark my words. I think the Texas Rangers are going to be hanging out and they're going to they're going to do some damage. I really do think so. Um, okay, one last thing before I, let, before I get out of here. City Connect jerseys, pants, what do you think? Uh, a couple things on that. Number one, you do kind of forget that the whole point of the City Connect, like the Mariners had this whole thing over the weekend. I didn't get a chance to go down at the piers, down at, down at um, down, downtown Seattle. 
It's super cool, man. I saw him seeing photos and videos of it. I was like, God, this is awesome. I know we get caught up in the unis and the jerseys, but I think half of the thing is to try it's City Connect, right? They're trying to connect the city with the team. I do like that. The pants, guys, Seattle Mariners, love you. I bleed blue. We all do, right? Everyone listen to this. I just, I, I don't, I wish, I hope someone can explain the pants to me. Jerseys are sick. I love the jerseys. I'd love to get one of the hoodies. Have you seen the hoodies, by the way? Um, they've got like the black half sleeves. They're pretty sick. I do like the hoodies. Um, the jerseys are sick. I love it. The Mayo Mai is my favorite little thing down here. Even though you can't see it. Jerseys are cool. Just the black element. I just don't think black goes. I'm saying this quietly so no one hears me. I feel like even I'm sitting alone. Um, but yeah, just the black pants. I just, oh man, I just didn't understand it. Maybe they may uh, switch to white pants or grape or whatever. Um, but that was that was a, that was a weird one for me. I'm not going to lie. Um, oh, by the way, speaking of, I am doing a fun thing. I am going to do a bracket system. We're going to have a um, a bracket uh, for when, once the the Orioles and the uh, Cincinnati Reds bring out their City Connect. We're going to do a bracket system to see who the champion of City Connect jerseys are. I'm going to create it. It's all going to be on Instagram and Twitter, I think, as well. So if you go to, uh, it's going to be at Top Step Podcast. Go have some fun. You can vote once we get into that um, and see who the the real winner is. All right, guys, this has been fun. Um, I'm going to get going. I've got to look after a four-year-old, my son, and I've got some other stuff I've got to do, but this has been fun. Make sure if you haven't already, subscribe so you can listen. Um, hopefully, I'm trying to keep this under. <laughs> I try and keep it 40 minutes or less because um, I know that's kind of like to say so get done with this um, when your drive's over uh, to work or whatever it may be. But guys, the Mariners are looking good. I love what I saw on the weekend. Go subscribe. Tell your mates we're trying to build this show. Go follow us on social media and go on that YouTube account please, and go click subscribe. Even if you don't watch YouTube, just go click subscribe. I'd love that so you can catch all that content as well. All right, guys, this has been fun. We will see you uh, later on the week. Grant Balfour is joining me uh, for a bit of fun. 10-year MLB All-Star and, of course, Australian, one of my best mates. We have some fun, have some good laughs. We'll see you later on the week, guys. All the best. Go Mariners.